Good to see all of you at People's Church today. And if you're a guest, can I just say a big welcome? We're so glad to have you here today. If you do us a favor, attached to your bulletin is a communication card. And if you would just take that out and fill it out completely, rip it off. At the end of the service, just drop it in the offering bucket. It's a way for us to get to know you better and how we can minister to you and to your needs. And also, if you're a guest, immediately following the service, if you'll drop out in the foyer, the middle table, there's our welcome center. There's a guest packet that we want to put into your hands. It'll tell you more about people's church, lots of literature, lots of information, and also a CD of the vision of the church that I preached uh, that will also just inform you a great deal about what the Lord is doing here at People's Church. You'll see the announcement in your bulletin. Uh, we're asking those of you in the second service, to, uh, if you could move to the nine or the uh, Saturday night services, that would be a great blessing as we enter into this Easter season. After spring break, we're going to gear up and it's going to be a wonderful Easter time and just want to free up as many seats for all the guests that are going to be with us and connecting and becoming a part of our church family as they surrender their life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So there's a card in the back of your seat for you to indicate uh, that you're willing to make that move. And we greatly appreciate it. Even if you are not able to make the move um, for, from here on out, if you could help us just on Easter Sunday uh, for that one week, either attend the 9 a.m. or the Saturday nights, that would be a tremendous, tremendous help as we're expecting over 2,000 people uh, to be here on Easter weekend and want to be able to accommodate all of our guests to connect uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. So thanks so much for that. We're in a series called Legalism is Not Legal. It's a series through the book of Galatians. And Justin last week did a fabulous job. I listened to the message online on the Internet. And that guy's just funny. He cracked me up. The guy's just a hilarious communicator. But what a great message to kick off this series. And today, I'm the second part of this series, my, my, my title is I Hate Legalism. I hate legalism. And I'll be honest with you, I don't just dislike legalism. I, I hate legalism. I despise legalism. I hate what legalism does to Christians. I hate what legalism does to churches. I hate how legalism affects the unchurched people. I, I just hate what legalism does. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give you six reasons why I hate legalism. Six reasons why your pastor despises legalism. Point number one, you can follow along with me in your bulletin. A bit. Take some notes there. There's a place for you to fill in the blanks. Number one, I hate legalism because legalism divides. Legalism divides. Look with me in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 11. If you have your Bible, we'll be in the book of Galatians and reading several passages of Scripture out of Galatians. Galatians 2, verse number 11, the Bible says, When Peter, one of the apostles, he came to Antioch, opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they had arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Now, understand what's going on here. The, the Jewish Christians used to hang out, fellowship, eat together with the Gentile Christians. And the Bible says that when the Judaizers showed up on the scene, the legalistic Jews showed up, the Jewish Christians began to separate themselves from the Gentile Christians. You see, what was going on here is the Judaizers, they, they were legalistic and 
They had rules and regulations and customs they thought the Gentiles ought to follow. And the Gentiles were not following the Jewish law and the Jewish customs and, and the outward, outward practices of the Jews. And so the Judaizers did not want the Gentile Christians hanging out and fellowshipping with the Gentiles. With, with the Gentiles. And so the Bible says the Jewish Christians began to separate themselves from the Gentiles. Friends, what I want you to understand is that legalism always divides. Legalism, people who are legalism, legalistic, they get this attitude, it's us against them. We're holy and you're not. We're right and you're wrong. And we still today in the church and in our world, we still struggle with the issue of legalism. Matter of fact, many people, when you talk to them, many people love to brag about a denomination more than they love to brag about God. You ask people, are you a Christian? They say, yep, yep, I'm Baptist. <laughs> you a Christian? Yep, I'm, I'm Methodist. <laughs> yeah. You a Christian? You, you know the Lord? Yep, I'm Pentecostal. You, you, you Christian? Yep, I'm, I'm Nazarene. I begin to think, well, who cares? <laughs> I mean, I want to know, do you love the Lord? Are, are you following after Jesus Christ. I'm not asking about your rules and your regulations. I want to know, do you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? You, you know, one of my pet peeves, I'm kind of just giving you one, one of my major pet peeves is, you know, when, when I, whenever I show up at, at some type of denominational meeting and uh, somebody from the platform, and I, I've heard, actually heard preachers do this from a platform. They get on the platform and they begin to degrade other denominations. And they begin to say things like this. Well, our denomination is the best ship afloat. We, we got the best thing going. I sit there and I think, I just want to throw up. I mean, how do you say statements so rooted in arrogancy and pride? How, why do you say statements and spew statements out that all they do is bring division in the body of Christ? Friends, can I tell you, Christianity is not about a denomination. It's about people. I want you to know that Jesus didn't die for a denomination. He didn't die for rules. Jesus didn't die for religion. Jesus didn't die for organization. Jesus died for people and all people. I'm talking about red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. And friends, let me tell you today that the church of Jesus Christ shouldn't be coming up with schemes and rules to keep people out. We should be doing everything possible to bring people in. We shouldn't be putting up walls to divide the body of Christ. We should be building bridges to reach as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I hate legalism because all it does is divide. All it does is separate people. There's a second reason I hate legalism. And that is this, legalism produces a critical and judgmental mental attitude. Critical and judgmental attitude. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 12, the Bible says he began to draw back and separate. There was division, separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Circumcision group. You see, the Judaizers, they were very critical they were very judgmental of the Gentiles. They were judging them because the Gentiles were not circumcised. You see, the Judaizers, they really thought this. They thought that they were right before God because they were circumcised. They thought that they were holy because of something that happened to their flesh outwardly. 
And they begin to look at the Gentile Christians. They begin to look at them. They begin to judge them. They begin to be critical of them. They begin to look at the outward appearance of them and say, you're not holy. You're not right with God because you don't look like us. You don't do what we do. And friends, it's, it's easy for you and I, if we're not careful, to become a very legalistic person. It's easy for us to look at people. We don't know them. We don't know their heart. We, ne- we never talk to them. And it's easy to look at them and begin to cast judgment. It's easy to look at them and begin to be very critical of them. Thank God that we don't have legalistic people here at People's Church. Amen. 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 Glory to God. <laughs> But you know what? You walk into churches today and, you know, people are legalistic and judgmental. They sit there and they go, mm, girl, can you believe what she's wearing? You even got runs in her stockings. I mean, come on, you don't wear that stuff to the house of God. Judgment. Critical. You know, we get judge people on their words they say, you know. We get around people and start talking to them. They, oh, they're not real holy. They don't really love the Lord, you know. They don't, they don't talk right. Because you know when, you, when you're really spiritual, you gotta, there's a certain way you got to talk, you know what I mean. How you doing today? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Hey, glory, you know. Hallelujah. You know, when you're really spiritual, hallelujah is four words. So you know that? Hallelujah. I'm spiritual. They don't talk right. And we get critical and they don't have all the Christianese and we get judgmental and, you know, we have worship service and we start judging people. You know, we look around at worship service like this and we can start casting judgment, being critical. I can't believe they're sitting down doing worship. Well, maybe their back's hurting. I mean, maybe they got a physical problem. Well, they're not real spiritual, you know. They, I never even saw them raise a hand in church. What's wrong with them? You know, and then when they did, it was like this. You know, when you really surrender to God, it's like this, Pastor. You know, that's when you're spiritual. And we start casting judgment. We start getting real critical of people, and we don't even know them. We don't even know their heart. We never had a conversation with them. And Jesus, he speaks about this issue very clearly, head on, in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 1. Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck? I mean, this is a great question for me to ask myself, for you to ask yourself. Why do we look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your eye, in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What a powerful portion of Scripture. Many of you never have realized this, but I wear contacts. Every day I I wear contacts. How many of you can see my contacts? Can't see my contacts. How many of you can see this big honking plank? And Jesus says, when you get legalistic, you go around trying to get the contact, trying to get the speck out your brother's eye, when all the time there's a big honking plank in your own eye. And when you're legalistic, you don't ever see the plank in your own eye because you're too busy trying to get the speck 
out your brother's aisle. We do that all the time in church. We always judge and get critical. <gasps> I can't believe they smoked a cigarette. They don't know the Lord. There's no way. We get judgment. Now, I'm not advocating smoking. But smoking won't send you to hell. It may make you die early and get cancer or something like that. We won't send you to hell. But we get all judgmental. <gasps> they gave their heart to God. And I saw them chewing on tobacco. Oh, they're going to hell. Hell, hell. And it's hell with an A-H on the end of it. You know what I mean? hell They're going to hell They don't know God. We get judgmental. We get critical. Oh, I can't believe it. They went to the movies. I mean, you know, back in the days, going to the movie was a sin. Some of you know what I'm talking about. They went to the And I can't believe they just went to the movies. They not only went to the movies, they got popcorn. They let everybody see it. They didn't even hide while they were in the movies. They were out there and getting popcorn and acting they're going to hell. What's wrong? Oh, can you believe it? They say they're a Christian and they like to play cards and dominoes. I mean, you know, back in the day, playing cards and dominoes. Bowling was a sin back in the day. You know, I mean, you couldn't even play football back in the day. I mean, judging, critical. And all the time, you know, we judge and we're trying to get the speck in our brother's eye. And, of course, they don't talk about the 25 cupcakes they eat at night. You know what I mean? They don't want to talk about that, you know. They talk about their, their plank in their eye. They, you know, they go around being critical and judging everybody else. And they don't want to talk about the bitterness in their own heart. They don't want to talk about the, the gossip and, and the dissension they're causing in the body of Christ. They don't see the big honking plank in their own eye because they're always looking, trying to get the speck out their brother's eye. And I hate legalism because it just produces a judgmental, critical attitude. Number three, the third reason I hate legalism is because legalism brings confusion brings confusion. Look with me in Galatians 1, verse 6 and 7. Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. What Paul is saying here is, listen, the Judaizers have infiltrated the church and, and they're telling you, you got to be circumcised. They're telling you to be right with God. You got to obey, obey the Jewish customs and the Jewish laws and, and you're following after it. You're, you're being deceived and you're, you're following after a different gospel. Verse seven, he says, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some of you, some are, some, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. And all legalism does is confuse people. Just think about this. Peter, the apostle Peter, he was the one on the day of Pentecost who preached the first message. And 3,000 people gave their heart to the Lord. The apostle Peter, he was the one in Acts chapter number 10 on, on, on top of the roof. He got a vision from God. He had an encounter with God where God showed him some animals who, who Peter thought they were unclean. And God said, no, Peter, these animals are actually clean. And what Paul, what Peter was, God was telling Peter through this vision is that the gospel was also for the Gentiles. And, and Peter had this encounter with God. And all of a sudden here in Galatians, he's confused. And even though God showed him the gospel is for the Gentiles. Now he's pulling away. Now he's separating himself from the Gentiles because all legalism does is bring confusion. And friends, legalism is like a cancer. It just spreads. 
Scripture says this in Galatians 2 and verse number 13. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Legalism began to spread throughout the church. It began to affect the church people. It began to affect the leadership like Peter and Barnabas. Listen, legalism is like a cancer. It just spreads and it affects so many people. There are literally today entire churches and entire organizations that are led astray by legalism. We're right. You're wrong. It's our way or the highway. We're holy and nobody else is. And all legalism does is bring confusion. And the astonishing thing to me about this portion of Scripture is this legalism was inside the church. These were church people arguing with one another. These were church people that were divided and were separating from each other. Can you imagine what the world was thinking as they were watching these church people? Can you imagine what the unchurch is thinking? I mean, I don't want to come to your church. All you all do is argue, fuss, and fight. You can't get along. You degrade each other. You kill each other. Just a bunch of division. Hey, man, I'll just stay in the club and get drunk. You folks are crazy. God help us never to be a church that is legalistic because all legalism does is confuse people. Matter of fact, I I grew up pretty confused as a kid. Grew up going to church and in my elementary days, the church that we went to was a church there in Wewoka, Oklahoma, a church that was, had no instruments on the platform. Um, This church believed that, uh, Instruments should not be in the church and preached about that from the platform and every week we sang out of our out of our hymn books and powerful songs we we had great time singing out the hymn books but 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 I left that church very confused every Sunday because I would hear the message and people would say you can't listen to music it's not scriptural and then everybody after church would go to their cars and turn on their radios I used to think, you people are crazy. Now, I don't understand this. Now, I know I'm just a kid. I'm just just in elementary school. But you just told me we can't listen to music. And all of you got tapes and you got tape players and you got radios and you're listening to the music. Something's not registering right here. Something is wrong. I am confused because all legalism does is bring confusion. Of course, in the Bible, there are instruments. It is okay to have instruments in church. But I just grew up confused because of legalism. Point number four, there's a fourth reason I hate legalism, and that is this, because legalism is motivated by works, motivated by works. And in our world, almost everything that we do is is driven by works. We receive approval, we receive acceptance because of our works. Not necessarily wrong, it's just the way that it is. Starts out when we're little kids, I mean, we receive approval and acceptance from our parents because of works. My little boy, he's, he's getting potty trained now. And, oh, good job, Bubba. Way to poo-poo in the potty. That's a good boy. Daddy, proud of you. Good job. Give me a high five. Poo-poo in the potty. Come on, let's go wash your hand. Approval. Oh, don't poo-poo in your pull-up, son. No, come on. You're a big boy. Don't do that. Yeah, that's not the way you do it. Got to poo-poo in the potty. Tell daddy when you got to poo-poo in the potty. Approval, acceptance. Yesterday, my oldest son got a haircut, and the two boys were in the bathtub together. 
And Kale screamed out, the oldest son screamed out, Mama, Mama, Cade poo-poo in the tub. I mean, son, don't poo-poo in the tub. I mean, that's nasty stuff floating around in the tub like that is. Don't you poo-poo. That, that's a bad boy. Poo-poo in your diaper, poo-poo in the potty, not in the tub. Approval, acceptance, works. Kids learning, growing up, A, B, C, D, G, K, Y. No, 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 son. No, that's not how you do it. You got to get your ABCs right. You got to get it right. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Good job. Way to go. That's a good one. One, two, three, ten, fifteen, twenty. No, 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 no. You got to get this down. You got to get this down. Works. Approval. Get to school. Got to make certain grades. Get involved in sports. Oh, I made the varsity team. Yeah, I made the squad. I'm starter. I'm a starter. Oh, I learned the piano. I got it down. Works, works. I got to get it out of school and I got to get a degree or I got to get in the workplace and I got to get a promotion. So I got to get this job done. I got to get this skill. I got to figure it out. I got to get approval. I got to get acceptance. I got to get a raise. I got to get this. Works. And if we're not careful, we'll allow our culture to begin to spill over into our walk with the Lord. And we'll begin to think that we receive approval from the Lord because of our works. And that ain't so. <laughs> Not good English, but it's the truth. And legalistic people, here's what they think. They think they have to work to earn God's love. God will love me if I do this or if I do that, then I, then God will love me. And the Bible says that's not the case. And Paul addressed this issue in Galatians 2 and verse number 20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Listen, you Judaizers who think you're earning God's love by being circumcised. You're earning God's love by obeying the Jewish law and the Jewish customs. He says, listen, who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, God sent his son and he died on the cross. Listen, he did that before I ever knew him, before I lived for him. He did this because he just loved me. Friends, God loves you just like you are. You can't earn God's love. You can't work for it. Some of you are getting free right now. You can't earn God's love. God loves you just like you are. What about when I mess up, Pastor? He still loves you. God loves you. Matter of fact, Scripture makes it so clear in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were God's enemies, while we were in rebellion to God's plan and purpose, Christ died for us. Listen, friends, you can't earn God's love. You can't work for God's love. And when you get in a legalistic mindset, you think, well, God loves me more today because I did this. Well, God didn't love me as much today because I did that wrong. No, friends, God loves you just like you are. He loves you too much to let you stay the same. But you can't earn God's love. You can't work for it. He just loves you. Legalistic people, they think this as well. They think they have to work to go to heaven. If you ask the vast majority of our world today, how do people get to heaven? You know what most of our world would say? Even some of you today. Well, be a good person. Do good things. Be nice to people. Give, try hard, treat people right, do the right thing. And friends, that's not the truth. 
That's the furthest thing from the truth. People, when they get legalistic and they get bound by legalism, they think they can work to get to heaven. And Paul says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 16, Know that a man is not justified or just as he's never sinned. He's not justified by observing the law. A man's not justified because he's been circumcised. A man is not justified because he's following the Jewish customs. A man is not justified because he's obeying the law of Moses. A man is not justified because he's treating people right, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have to put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith. And I love what, what, what the apostle Paul is communicating here. You have to understand it. He says, listen, we too have to put our faith. In other words, I'm a Jew just like you guys. Paul said, listen, I've been circumcised. I know the Jewish customs. I know the Jewish laws. I do those things. Hey, I was a Pharisee of a Pharisee. I understand those things. But listen, we to us Jews, us circumcised people, we have to put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law because by observing the law, no one will be justified. You'll never make it to heaven with good works. You'll never make it to heaven by being good enough. You'll never make it to heaven by being smart enough. You'll never make it to heaven by giving enough. You'll never make it to heaven by treating people right. The only way to go to heaven is by placing your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, by turning your life over to him. There is a third thing legalistic people think. They think they have to maintain their salvation by good works. I've got to work to keep my salvation. And Scripture says this in Galatians 3, verse number 1. Paul says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? In other words, who has tricked you? Who has deceived you? Who has fooled you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law? Did you get saved because you were circumcised? Did you get God's Spirit and did you get saved because you obeyed this law and obeyed this custom and obeyed the Ten Commandments? Did you receive the Spirit by by observing the law or by believing what you heard. Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? After placing your faith in Christ and receiving His Spirit, receiving salvation, are you now trying to maintain and maintain a right relationship with God by doing works and by striving in the flesh and doing this and doing that? Friends, let me tell you, you can't work. You can't work to get saved. You can't work to stay saved. You see, we don't work to get saved. We don't work to stay saved. We work because we are saved. And there's a major difference. And when you get legalistic, you start thinking, well, I'm saved and I stay saved because I'm doing this and, and I'm doing that and I'm a good person and I'm praying an hour a day and I read my Bible an hour a day and I go to church three times a week and I do this and I do that. No, 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 no. You're saved because you have placed your faith and your trust and your life into Jesus' hands. You've made him your Lord and your Savior. You didn't receive the Spirit by observing the law. You can't stay saved. You can't get saved by the law. You're saved and you work because you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ there's a fifth reason I hate legalism, and that is this. Legalism says Christ's death is not good enough. 
It's not good enough. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 21, Paul said, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness, notice this, if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. You see, when you and I try to earn our salvation by our good works, it's simply an insult to the grace of God. A man once said, if righteousness comes by keeping the law, the cross was the biggest mistake in the universe. Or Paul says it this way, Christ died for nothing. If a man can be saved by being circumcised, if a woman can be saved by obeying this law, obeying that law, obeying this custom, then Christ died for nothing. Friends, we are made right with God by God. I'm going to say that again. We're made right with God by God. And all legalism is is simply man's attempt to get right with God, to reach out to God. And Christianity is God's attempt to reach man. Legalism is focused on religion. Christianity is focused on relationship. Legalism is driven by the external. Christianity is driven by the internal. Legalism is spelled do. Christianity is spelled done. Jesus paid the price for our sins on the cross of Calvary. And the only way that you're saved, the only way that you're born again, the only way that you're regenerated, the only way that you'll go to heaven is by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And when you and I try to think that our works will get us into heaven, that our works will make us saved, friends, what we're saying is that what Christ did is not good enough. And friends, his price on the, his, what he, what he paid, the price that he paid on the cross of Calvary is good enough for our salvation if we'll place our faith and trust in what he's done. Point number six. The sixth reason I hate legalism, and I, I think this is probably my top reason why I hate legalism, is because legalism is dependent on self. It's dependent on self. All legalism does is sets you and I up for failure because it is impossible for us to obey the entire law on our own. Friends, there's no way that we can live holy. There's no way that we can be holy by ourselves or by depending on ourselves. We will fail every single time. You will never be righteous before God by trying to strive to live and obey the law. It's just not possible. You'll fail every time. Scripture says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 21, Paul says, Well then, are God's laws and God's promises against each other? Of course not. If we could be saved by His laws, then God would not have had to give us a different way to get out of the grip of sin. For the Scriptures insist we are all its prisoners. The only way out is through faith in Jesus Christ. The way of escape is open to all who believe. I love what Paul is communicating here. Paul says, listen, if a man or woman can be saved because they obey this law and obey that law and because they're circumcised, he said there would have been no reason at all for Jesus Christ to come and to die on the cross for our sins if we could be saved by observing the law and obeying the law. Friends, I, I submit to you today that the law can't save anybody. The law makes no one righteous. 
the law makes no one holy and pure. Think about this. If the law saved somebody, if the law made somebody righteous, why is there so much sin in our world today? Because the law doesn't make anyone righteous. There are plenty of laws we have, but there's still murder. We've got laws, but there's still rape. We've got laws, but there's still people that are going around robbing. We, we've got laws, and how many of you this week, the law says, and that's in that school zone, when that light's blinking 25 miles an hour, how many of you broke that law this week? And the Lord bless all of you, and the rest of you are lying in Jesus' name. No, I mean, we got laws. But the truth of the matter is, laws don't save us. Laws don't make us righteous. Laws don't make us pure. Laws don't make us holy. And so God sent His only Son named Jesus, who was born through a Virgin Mary, who died on the cross of Calvary for my sins, and your sins would ro rose again on the third day. Because, friends, the only way that we can be holy, the only way that we can be pure, is by placing our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You see, we find life in death scripture says it like this Galatians chapter 2 and verse 19 and verse 20 for through the law Paul says I died to the law so that I might live for God I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Paul says, listen, I'm a dead man. I'm no longer in control of my life, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says, listen, we live a new life through faith in Jesus Christ. I think the best way for me to illustrate this is with this glove. This baseball glove by itself can do nothing. This baseball glove won't ever catch a ball on first base to get somebody out by itself. It's a beautiful design by a wonderful company, but this baseball glove by itself will never catch a fly ball in the outfield and get somebody out. This baseball glove on its own could never make $2 million playing in the major leagues. This baseball glove by itself is pretty useless. But what makes this baseball glove a powerful weapon is when somebody puts their hand inside of it. And when somebody's hands inside this glove, I was pretty awesome in high school. You should have saw me. I was, I was, I was pretty good. Now this baseball glove has some use. Because my hand is inside the glove. And friends, us on our own, <laughs> we're pretty useless. Friends, us on our own, we'll never obey the law. Us on our own, we could never be righteous. And all legalism says, it says depend on yourself, obey the law, do this, do good, do that. And all I'm telling you is on your own, you can do nothing. Matter of fact, matter of fact, Scripture says your righteousness is like filthy rags. You can't please God on your own. What makes us powerful is when we give our life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says His Spirit comes to live inside of us and He takes control. We no longer live 
live, but Christ lives inside of us. You say, Pastor, do you mean that we don't have to obey the law? No, no, no. When Christ comes to live inside of a person, He makes that person righteous. He, he puts godly desires inside of them. The fruit of the Spirit is being developed in their life, and now they can live in victory. Now they can overcome sin. Now as they live by faith in God, they can live a life pleasing and obey the Lord. But that only happens when a person surrenders their life to Jesus Christ in church without Jesus Christ on your own. You're nothing. So Paul says, listen, the life that I live, I'm crucified and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for truth today.